Hello everyone and welcome to week six of our podcast. Um, it's been exactly one week since we last recorded. How has your week been since then, John? It's been long, but uh, very good. Um, but very tiring, but it's been good. You've just had a Danish and um, some coffee. You must be feeling good. Free, yeah. Free Danish coffee, uh, yeah. ready to go, ready to go. Raring to go. If there's something strange in your neighbourhood, John, who are you going to call? Ghostbusters. If there's something weird and it don't look good, who are you going to call, John? The police. Okay, this um, that signals the beginning of our podcast, and if you haven't already gathered, it is on Ghostbusters this week. It actually had the most hated trailer on YouTube, the most disliked trailer on YouTube history. In YouTube history, that's the first trailer that came out. Um, but the debate online has been a bit more nuanced than perhaps misogynists versus feminists. Um, I mm. think that's the level that a lot of people have reduced it to, but I think there's a lot more to it than that. It's more about rehashing or re or destroying the legacy of the original Ghostbusters. The, the fact that they cast women isn't is neither here nor there for me. It's whether the film is good. It's whether the yeah. actual film itself yeah. is no, yeah, is worth yeah. watching. Um, the underground army of naysayers, you know, they're in the basements and haven't seen light for the last, you know, 20 years. <laughs> Their argument is that it's... You know, it's it, yeah, it's ruining the legacy of the original. Is it going to be a good film? Is it going to be a good film? Full stop. It is a good film. It is. It is a good film. It's very. It's. It's okay. very funny. Um, um, it. It's not as good as the original Ghostbusters. It can't punch in the same league. I just found this quite boring. This film and but th these aren't my Fair type. Enough. These aren't my types of film. I'm an yeah, indie it fan, isn't but your type of film, yeah. but. The original, okay, look, the opening scene um, in the original, mm -hmm. um, actually, the, there's a, the ghost in the library. Mm -hmm. Do you remember this? Yeah. yeah. And of the, course. yeah, of course. And like the, um, the files come out of the drawers, the drawers start coming out and the yeah. files come out and the books start moving across yeah. the shelves and yeah. stuff like that. Um, and that's the beginnings of the ghosts isn't it that's yes. the beginnings of like what where well, how like you see a, it's where like you a pre-credit sequence it yeah is, yeah it literally is a pre-credit but sequence, the yeah. pre-credit sequence in this mm, one is very similar yeah yeah well it's well, very not only is it very similar it's overblown it involves cgi and a man hanging over um a sort of ghost pit with slime coming out of it and it, it's it's all green screen and that for me Took away from the original, well, actually, and it didn't well, for me. No, really, the original had more mystery and more because of the lack of CGI. I think this one was just so boring. That scene, like uh, you know, I kind of liked the fact that he was he was kind of homaging the original, but there was enough original touches in there for me to enjoy that scene. You know, it didn't feel like it was just shamelessly rehashing that scene. You know, mm. and. I do Just see what you say, mean, but I, 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 I am a, don't get me wrong, because I'm a huge fan of practical effects, but I, I'm not, I don't have that knee-jerk reaction that mm. everybody else has to it where, you know, oh, if it's not an old practical effect, you know, it's not going to, that's it, I'm not convinced at all. I mean, the, it's the, not that I'm not convinced, you know, it's just that it seems to have a bit more mystery and a bit more, like, um, a bit more genuine, like, depends it, how it looks done. a bit more genuine I to mean, me. I, don't I mean, know, everybody, but, um, everybody's saying that, but the, but the digital effects in this are stunning, they're stunning. I mean, you know, what's... what's they're okay, they're not, they're, I, I mean, they, 
I mean, because I th- they're overblown. Okay, they, I, think they're referring, I, think you're, I think you're referring to... to, to they're not to, subtle. They're not subtle. Not the effects itself. You're referring to, to how much of it is in, in the narrative. Mm. It, is, it does go overboard. In the last act, for me, like, lost me in the last act. Me too. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. But because there was too much of it. But the actual, the actual digital effects themselves are really, really good. The quality is... is okay. The effects are great. I mean, what, what, what got me, what I enjoyed, because obviously growing up with Ghostbusters... You got the proton packs, and you mm. had the stream, the nuclear stream. You had the traps. That was all. That all looked because of the digital update on it. It it was like you w- would have hoped. Like if it was remade with the with the original guys with Bill Murray, you know those those effects on the proto in the proton streams, the packs were really cool. And then they mm. they had these new toys, new guns that were like you know around the proton theme, and that for me really worked. The big demon in the original Ghostbusters, you know, um, is much more effective than than this. It's much easier to buy, and it feels it's easier it's, to buy. It's ingrained yeah, in your yeah. brain because you know you. I saw it when I was a young kid. But what does work in this movie is the leads. They have the same chemistry that they had in Bridesmaids. Mm. Okay, and look, they, they they make it work. Okay. They, right. They're very very funny. I mean, they. they mm. it, okay, look. Um, Okay, Paul Feig, the director. Mm. Okay, his last, um, he's collaborated with Melissa McCartney before. Their last collaboration yeah. was Spy. But obviously, they did Bridesmaids. And he did Bridesmaids. Yeah, that which yeah. was yeah. fantastic. Um, I thought Leslie Jones was particularly funny. Um, yes, yeah, I thought was. she was great. She wasn't my favourite, but she was funny. I, love, I loved her line. Um, if I knew what it was, I wouldn't. Have, I wouldn't have called it a shiny thing. Exactly. Or the wait line. A flashing when, shiny thing. When, he, when, he go, when, the, when the ghost but, um, is taken onto the onto the tube and it's going to Queens, and she's like, you know, he's going to be the second scariest thing on the on. But I thought Kate McKinnon. I'm sorry to say this. I just found her quite annoying. Oh, that's, are we going to? We are totally going to disagree on this one. I just she, I found she, her character. She quite... was completely brilliant. She is. No, no, she was so good. She, was good. she for me, she I was the best thing in it. Like what? She, absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, she was oh, amazing. I disagree with you. I disagree. Yeah, we disagree you. on this, but she, she was so funny because she has. She's come from Saturday Night Live. No, but I thought she was so such a stereotypical character. I mean, she was just like she was just so like oh, I'm cool, I'm cool the whole way. She didn't. It, it's like she was so one dimensional in this. She only had. Do you know what I mean? And at the end, it's like they gave her a little speech, but she still was unable to perform that um, in in any meaningful way, in any way that had an impact with me because she'd been this such a one-dimensional, one-liner character who was just, to me, looked like she was thrown in to just be cool and to try and be funny. (laughs) And it was like, it was annoying. Like, all her lines to me were exactly the same. And it's like, I expected what she, what, yeah, honestly, I expected her to say half the things that she was saying. I can't really, yeah, yeah. No, no, but I mean, like, it was like, crazy off the wall stuff. Yeah, yeah, I know, but it was like this old token crazy off the wall character. Do you know what I mean? It was was just trying to be cool. I just didn't, I didn't like that character at all. I disagree. I think she was, she's she's got this amazing skill for improvisation and she's just completely balmy. And yeah, yeah, I, which I, I didn't, lo- I I didn't love like. I love that. I love that she. She just had a root to my uh, funny bone. You know, she was just constantly doing off the wall funny stuff that, that put me into a stereo. So I thought she was fantastic. Um, mm. She was what she. She constantly when 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 the, some of the gags started to to falter, when some of the tone wasn't working, she she would just bring it back up. I think it is such a shame that the, the, the you know that the um, the haters came out in force 
for this. Mm. You know, there was there were there was there's a great like line in the movie where they're looking online. And it, and oh it, yeah, those and it, and YouTube and comments, and, it, and, and, and they're and like, "Bring it on, anytime, yeah. any place." But no, yeah, says, that is says, funny. Uh, if bitches ain't yeah. gonna hunt no ghosts. That's yeah, the actual yeah. tweet. Yeah, that yeah, yeah, did. yeah. And they, I thought yeah, so. I thought so. Was, they reshot that yeah. after. It's the next generation because Ivan Reitman, who did the original Ghostbusters, he started out making movies like with Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd from Saturday Night Live. They're all Dan Aykroyd's a yeah. producer on this. Yes, yeah. so is Ivan Reitman as well. Which, mm. But they, so there was a huge connection there because. You know, they all they all come from the Saturday Night Live. They've all come, but they're the next generation. Mm. So, yeah, Ivan Reitman is yeah. a comedy director, and Ghostbusters mm. was the first the first movie that he that he handled practical effects on. Mm. He was really? just yeah, he was just mm. doing comedy films before that. Yeah. All right. So um, Paul Feig is doing exactly the same thing that Ivan Reitman did mm. in the eighties. So in that sense, I they, and of, in that know, sense they're exactly the right people to make this. They film. were exactly the right people to make mm. the film. And they, you know, and I think that the chemistry worked. It was funny, you know. Do you think there will be a sequel? A sequel? Sorry. I think there will be actually, but then again, it will depend on it because if it's if it has flopped, then they well, won't, it hasn't be. flopped, but it hasn't achieved mm. the targets that yeah, it wanted. Yeah, so maybe there won't be. Maybe there um, won't be. They, no, they did set it up with with the screenplay for it to be a continuation, as the original Ghostbusters did. It had another sequel, which wasn't as good, but you know, was still quite good. Um, in popular opinion, but okay. Um, so, yeah. for a blockbuster, on. I think no, no. I mean, for a blockbuster, um, I think this is worth seeing. John, mm. it's a definite thumbs up from you as well. It's a thumbs up. It? It's not a true yeah. thumbs up. I'm mm. not saying that you're going to go there and think, well, you know, the original is, you know, has been best. It's, you know, it's 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 funny and it's worth seeing. It's much better than rumored. Welcome to Screen One Hundred and One section. This is the section that we've both been looking forward to, isn't it, John? This sure is, is what funny. makes our podcast unique. This is what gives it its name. This is it. Absolutely. Isn't yeah. it? Uh, and the first film we want to talk about that's coming out on Friday, the 22nd of July, 2016, is the BFG. Yeah. Um, it's directed by Steven Spielberg. Spielberg. And it stars Mark Rylance, Ruby Barnhill, Penelope Wilton, um, and the writer, writers, well, writer, the writer of the screenplay is Melissa mm, Matheson, the, and it's the, based on a book by Roald Dahl. Sadly, the late, obviously. The late um, Melissa Matheson. The late Melissa, yeah, who wrote E.T. as well, he wrote did, the yeah, screenplay yeah. for E.T. Um, for those of you who don't know what the BFG is about, I doubt there's anyone. Um, it's about a girl named Sophie who encounters a big friendly giant um, who, despite his intimidating appearance, turns out to be a kind-hearted soul who is considered an outcast by the other giants because, unlike them, he refuses to eat children, mm -hmm. hence being friendly. Or as they were saying, as they were saying, it's just a little bean. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> hence, he is friendly. Yes. Um, we've both seen the trailer several times. What do you think? Do you think it looks good? I think it does. Um, it looks like another intriguing departure for Mrs. Spielberg. Um, He's becoming, a, in my opinion, well, I mean, he always has been really, but I think he's been regarded as a bit of a, a very good auteur now. He, there's no genre that he can't really handle, and it looks... Um, what stands out in the trailer for me is um, Mark uh, Ryan, Ryan's um, uh, motion capture performance. He looks yeah. absolutely perfect. Um, he's all of his nuances and, you know, facial ticks as a performer have come through... Um, some parts of it looked a bit 
CGI overblown for Spielberg? It was a little I bit. I don't know because better, I think but... this source material you need CGI. I know I said in the Ghostbusters mm. like I didn't like CGI, but I think this is actually well warranted. Oh no, you didn't um, say that. You just I, I I I think that CGI works if it serves the story. Mm. I think this really does serve the story. Mm. Are you going to bin mm. or keep this? Yeah. Definitely going to keep it, so that's one keep so far. Mm -hmm. uh, the next film we're going to have a look at is one that actually I'm a little bit more excited about um, than the BFG. It's The Chevalier. And the story behind this is actually it won Best Film at last year's London Film Festival oh, really? in October. It's by Athena Rachel Sanzari. Sanzari. I should be able to pronounce that because I'm Greek. Um, <laughs> um, and um, she's worked, actually, she's produced Dogtooth. Um, which was nominated for an Oscar. Right. Um, she worked with Yorgos mm. Lanthimos on Dogtooth. Um, she also uh, produced and directed Attenberg, um, which heard, yeah, found a distributor yeah. in Artificial Eye. Mm. Um, she's a producer on Before Midnight as well, which is uh, uh, Richard Linklater. Yeah, she's yeah, yeah. yeah, the mm. um, part of the trilogy that's um, set in Greece. Um, is she... Uh, I thought, well, she's obviously quite... She's an established um, director and well, producer, but this is the first. Dogtooth first... was 2009, yeah, so yeah. maybe they're not established. Well, I mean, mm. you know, they've been around for seven odd years. It's been in the biz, it's, yeah, been in the biz. And it's, do you know about this new wave of Greek cinema? I think a lot no, of people I'm, do. No, I'm not know actually. About this. I, I, you what, don't know about this? Watching, okay. this, watching this trailer now, I'm really intrigued. Cause it so really good. Th there was an article written by The Guardian mm. um, originally, and this is when Dogtooth came out in 2009. And basically, Greek cinema—it um, didn't explode, but there was a mini, there was a little explosion um, mm. around that time that Dogtooth was released in this weird cinema. Um, and um, Dogtooth was all about this family that um, were conditioned to believe certain things. Oh yeah, like they I've were raised and conditioned to believe too. certain yeah, yeah, things. But, yeah. yeah. Um, and this weird and strange and Attenberg was similar it was about these two girls discovering their mm. sexuality and maybe going out, going yeah. about it in a different and new way and all these and then he Lanthimos released Alps after Dogtooth which was about a group of people who start a business where they impersonate recently deceased in order to help their clients through the grieving process so it's like these weird kind of surreal I've offbeat seen, I've films, seen um, and I don't know yeah, if you've seen yeah. Lobster as well, which is his I last did film. Did see Lobster? Oh yes, I was, oh Lobster, right, yeah, yeah Lobster, Lobster was great. Yeah, yeah, Lobster is is weird though, isn't it? It's a weird. It's Lobster like a weird, was, was quite strange was, society. Well, right? Yeah, I it, loved it actually. Yeah, it, was it was really good. Yeah, yeah. it was also very. It had this in some sub genre of horror there, there in point in points, and it was. Um, yeah, it was great. Yeah, but it's not just. I guess um, Lanthimos is the most famous director that this out that's come out of this new wave. But there's also uh, Sanzari yeah. as well. And, what's the what's the but, you know the budget like? And I mean, you know, oh, it, they're independent films. It's not very. They don't I mean, have it, massive budgets. I mean, no, I mean um, the um, I mean the state of the industry in Greece. Though. I mean, oh yeah, God, it's, it's there's yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. it's but I think that with these limitations, this this kind of well, that's when the cinema is now out, kind yeah. of flourishing a little bit and. Um, you'll see in since 2009 mm. um, I've seen a lot of Greek films in festivals as well and I never used to see Greek mm. films in festivals mm. let's move on to talk about it's the exciting. actual film <laughs> that's coming out this Friday which is Chevalier it's called mm. um, and it's about six men on a fishing trip on a luxury yacht uh, deci deciding to play a game um, and during this game things will be compared things will be measured um, 
and it's about I think it's mainly it's about masculinity um, and, and blood will be tested in this game and friends will become rivals and rivals will become hungry <laughs> I think it's a comedy at the end of the journey when the game is over the man who wins will be the best man yeah. and he will wear on the smallest finger a victory ring the chevalier um, and it's interesting because also in Greece it's a very masculine culture mm. and this is a female director so this That's is a really critique of this masculine yeah. culture in Greece yeah. I thought it looked really intriguing actually um, I, did, I got that sense that, that, that it was sort of um, poking fun at, at the Greek masculinity um, like as you had you had the guy that had the beer belly and then you had the other guys who were that typical Greek look and it was it, it was certainly sort of I, I, I was actually quite surprised. It was nice to know that that kind of satire and level of, you know, subtlety is is, you know, destroying the the Greek the Greek myth of masculinity. And 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 now that I know it's treated by 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 uh, by a woman, that's even more intriguing. So I really would like to see it a lot. It looks very good. Really so is this a bin or keep for you? Definitely a keep. Yeah. I'm really glad you said that, John, because yeah, of course, ever yeah. since I knew this was coming out, I would have yeah, hoped. Um, it's distributed by Studio Canal, and it will be in a lot of independent cinemas yeah, this Friday. We do we need you know more support for? Uh, Independent cinema, so that's good. Yeah, but they should. That's why um, the festival should keep going, and they should keep winning prizes. Exactly. Um, festivals. Exactly. Yeah, that really does help. Yeah. All right. So the next film we want to talk about is um, another independent yeah. film. Um, it's it's distributed by Soda Pictures, with which is a little bit smaller than um, Studio Canal. Um, this one's called Ming of Harlem, 21 Stories in the Air. Um, I don't know, maybe a lot of you, our listeners wouldn't have heard of it. Oh yeah, it's, it was actually, it was, I think it was made in 2014. Mm. So um, it's, it's a bit of a delayed release. That is um, interesting, yeah, because I mean, it may have been... Gives it another, yeah, obviously it's a, obviously a distribution issue, obviously. Uh, yeah. You know, so, um, but um, no, fire away, Nick, what did, what did you think? Okay, so, well, um, I'll just give you guys, um, the listeners, a flavour mm. of the plot before we go on. Um, it's a documentary, um, well, it's it's a documentary exploring the secret life's behaviour and extreme levels of human-beast intimacy and communication. Focusing... Wait, not, not what you think, not what you think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's not like that. Focusing on the only in New York story of Anthony Yates and his cohibition in Harlem, in a Harlem high-rise with Ming, a 500-pound tiger, an owl, a seven-foot alligator, combined with filmic observation of predators in domesticated geographies. Um, indeed, indeed. And it's directed by Philip War- Warnell, um, and it's written by, well, I think there's a poem in it by Jean-Luc Nancy, but you couldn't really call this. Yeah, it probably doesn't have a writer as such. Um, we just saw. We've just seen the trailer, mm. and it looked like nothing I've ever. It yeah, looked it like looked, nothing I've ever. It looked, well, it looked very original. Actually, let's it, say. Looked, it um, had level, sort of levels of David Lynch in there. I yeah, I thought it had levels of David Lynch. Yeah. And it's funny we t- we spoke about the Neon Demon last week, and yeah. there was a scene with a lynx in a hotel room. That reminded me of and that. It really yeah. brought that back it to me. It was almost as well. like a um, kind of um, you know sort of worshiping worshiping the movement of animals and some of the camera uh, choices. It looked kind of surreal, but yeah. it, like a like a, a kind of unique subgenre of mix between documentary and uh, you know surrealism and staged aspects. Staged aspects yeah, yeah, it looks fantastic. Um, actually, I'm really yeah, quite excited to I'm, see that. I'm tempted to compare it to the Interrupters, um, which came out in 2011, which I loved and which was a documentary um, about 
um, urban violence. Um, I think it was set in Chicago. That director, one. Director of Hoop Dreams. Uh, yeah, and the director of Hoop Dreams. Um, but um, actually, it's not like that at all. <laughs> it's nothing like that. Yeah. It's, it's focusing on, on, on the beat, on like the yeah, domesticated, yeah. these massive beasts that are domesticated and living in New York. Well, what's quite interesting so is that in, in actually mm. poor neighbourhoods, right? Mm. They're, they're not like the most wealthy yeah. uh, neighbourhoods. They don't look like that. They seem um, very calm in the trailer as well, yeah. which is like quite intriguing. Yeah. Um, I'm very intrigued to see this. So is this a bin or keep for you, John? It's another keep. So another keep. So We're doing well. Yeah, we're doing really well, and um, that the name of that film is Ming of Harlem, 21 Stories in the Air. So the next film we're going to look at, because there's four we want to look at, because we really want to cover um, Star Trek, because we want to cover all the <laughs> films that people will be looking forward well, to. And, I mean, and we, I think, we, we are doing this because, you know, there is room for both. I think. Yeah, there you is know, room for both. I mean, you know, um, that's, that's the beauty of cinema, you know, it's entertainment, and it's also... Um, art as well so anyway <laughs> no I, yeah that's a that's a good point John well said um, so it's uh, called Star Trek Beyond mm. um, I'll give the listeners the synopsis um, so we can then talk about mm. it a little bit the USS Enterprise crew explores the furthest reaches of uncharted space where they encounter a new ruthless enemy who puts them and everything in that the Federation stands for to the test it's written by Simon Pegg and Doug Young, and the director is Justin Ling, and it stars Chris Pine, Zachary Quinto, uh, Chris Hemsworth is also in this briefly, I think. Um, is Idris Elba is also in this briefly. Uh, John Chu is in this. Uh, Simon Pegg is actually in this playing Scotty, um, and he wrote he is, it as indeed, well. Yeah. And um, John, according to the Hollywood, Hollywood Reporter, um, the star who plays Sulu, the actor who plays Sulu, John Chu um, has told Australia's Herald Sun that the character is revealed to be gay. Oh, really? Well, that's really film. interesting. Yeah, I mean, that, um, that's um, it's not been apparent in any of the TV series or the films until now. So that idea was Simon Pegg, the writer. That would yeah. make sense. Simon Pegg, you know, is, a, is, is quite a good writer. So, um, well, so far anyway. But yeah. um, and uh, the original actor who plays um, Sulu. Um, is George Taki, mm. and he's actually he's gay. He in, is gay, yeah, yeah. Uh, real life, yeah. Uh, and apparently, he wasn't overjoyed by this news. He wasn't. Uh, he said he never asked for Sulu to be gay. In fact, he'd much prefer that he stay tr straight. Uh, he said, "I'm delighted that there's a gay character. Unfortunately, it's a twisting of Gene's creation, to in to which he puts in so much thought." I think it's really unfortunate. That's quite a good point, actually. Um, I mean, he would, and he would know more than anybody else living with that character for as long as as, as he did, yeah. and I think that's a fair point. I think he's allowed to make that, and uh, it's also a very good point because you know it, that's that like, like we were discussing with Ghostbusters. You have these two separate yeah, exactly. issues. It's and it, exactly yeah. the same it's as the same. Ghostbusters and, like, and the Star Wars thing. Well, it doesn't matter, it, it doesn't matter if, if you mess with like characters because we're, we're being PC. It's like, well, the problem is there's lying. so many franchises out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I know what you mean. Yeah, it's it's becoming a bit of an issue where it's like you can you can mess with any characters if you're being PC, and it's just, it's starting to yeah get a bit silly now. You know, yeah. Anyway, it's a good point, John. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we just watched the trailer. What do you think of this? You're a huge sci-fi fan, mm. so uh, what do you I'm think excited of it? for it. Yeah, I think it. Um, sad, sad that JJ Abrahams had to depart. Um, obviously to do, you know, yeah, bigger fish this, to fry. Yeah, this film called Star Wars that no one's heard of to do. Um, Sorry. 
had this film called Star Wars that no one's heard of to do. Um, Star it's, Battles. Instead, yeah, Star Battles. What, what's yeah, that? Star Child. What no. is that? Yeah. Yeah. I exactly. Know. Exactly. So um, um, that's a shame. But Justin Lin, um, he's known for the Fast and Furious movies. Don't hold that against him. Um, <laughs> um, but so the last, the one, the one that he did was quite enjoyable and a kind of um, slapstick kind of custard pie fight way. Is he just throws everything at the screen, but. Um, but if he's got someone peg reeling him in with a tight script, the trailer visually looks amazing. And what was quite good about it was they they're exploring other planets, which was a really nice theme in Roddenberry's, you know, this, the TV series that you know they would always go on an episode, they would go and discover a new planet and a new race, and that's exactly what they're doing in, in here. So that's quite exciting. Looking forward to it. Obviously a big keep for me. So a big keep mm. again. So, so John, um, out of the films you've looked at, BFG, uh, Chevalier, uh, Ming of Harlem, Harlem, 21 Stories in the Air, Star Trek Beyond, that's four films. This week, unbelievably, we have four keeps. We have four keeps, this is good. Cinemas. Oh my God, that has never happened to us Cinema before. looking up. <laughs> we have never got four keeps in a row. Seek them out. Go forth. Go forth. And Watch in, cinema yes. this weekend. It's and a also, good weekend for cinema. Enjoy the combination of cinema and, and be entertained by craftsmen who know their stuff and discover new ways of looking at cinema too. Beautiful. Beautiful. It's a beautiful week and it's a beautiful set of films you've got coming out you. And on that news, John, I think I'm going to sign out now. Um, guys, you know where to email us. It's screen101.podcast.gmail.com. Do you have an interesting sign-out that you want to do or anything you want to say to the listeners before we leave? Um, no, I should do, but I don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and on that note, I want to say goodbye, everybody, and see you next week. Goodbye.